We are anonymous Sudan. Today, we are a direct threat to all European banks. European banks, you will soon be witnessing the most powerful cyber attack in the recent history of the world. Be prepared, because when we strike, it will be too late to make amends. Many European banks will be targeted and we will hit without mercy. World has gone mad. The reason for this is money. If God rules Russia, then who rules Europe? That's right, the banking system. No money, no problem. Revel is sufficiently familiar with the European financial infrastructure. See you soon. This is not a DDoS attack. Games are over. We call on all active groups to engage in destructive activities against the European banking system. No money, no weapons, no key regime. This is the formula for the death of Nazism and it will work. Within 48 hours we are launching this global company. Nothing will save you and this is not a warning. I am just informing you. You have never seen such problems before. We are killing it. anyway so thanks for joining folks it is june 17th 2023 and i'm your host joshua michael non-compliant america be sure to like subscribe follow me on twitter at non-compliant us write me emails give me all the information uh that you have coming out i know that you guys have and it's been great with all the local politics things that you're seeing everything else jm at noncompliantamerica.com Thank you very much for joining me. It is not a uh, boring time right now. There is a massive amount of news that has endured over the past week since we last spoke with you. But as we know, the cyber crimes and cyber criminals and cyber threats and power outages and things that we've been warning about is all now coming out. We are now seeing them roll out their next attack on how to manipulate and try to deindustrialize this population and force us into compliance. That's the premise of this entire show is called non-compliance is because a tyrannical regime cannot control us if we are non-compliant. That is the key. There's no senator. There's no president. There's no House Republican. There's nobody that's going to save you. We are now in the time where you have to save yourself. That is the entire premise of this whole thing. That's the American way that is the fundamental value of being American is demonstrating your non-compliance to these tyrannical systems. We want to live free. We want to live open. We want to be human beings and be able to operate the way that this country was built for us to operate. Now we got a special Senator coming on at the end of the fourth hour or at the beginning of the fourth hour, fourth segment, excuse me, and uh, we're going to talk about this walkout, what this means for the Democrats in the state of Oregon that have now declared quorum. They're able to push these bills through. They're now able to, you know, give eight-year-olds um, transgender reassignment surgery without it's, your it's consent. It's called mutilation, by the way. Mutilation. Well, it is 100% mutilation. There, but it's but it really it's a doorway into pedophilia it's a doorway to wedge against the family against the system uh, from being able to have that nucleus family 
They want the state agencies, they want these counselors, these predatory counselors that are inducted and inducting these kids into thinking and creating a wedge between the communication between their parents as well as the state. They want to have that, which is an introduction to, to pedophilia. And that's really what this is. They want to disrupt the family. But not only that, the Measure 114 nonsense, the ghost gun ban that they're able to pass through, and all of this stuff that they're trying to do, which is a segue to disarm us and disarm the population and to disarm us completely for the 2030 agenda, right? That's why they're turning off the gas in Eugene. That's why they're passing this stuff because they are not listening to the public. They are not listening to us. They do not work for us. And the sooner and faster that you understand that and the faster that you're able to uh, grasp the fact that we're in a captured state by the, a communist style Marxist regime that is focusing on globalism, which is basically deindustrializing the entire planet, but more importantly, exterminating a massive amount of people in the world. That is the reality. And as scary as it may sound, that is what we are undergoing. So when you look at things, you say things, and you look over in Eugene and you go, hey, why are they turning off the gas? That doesn't make sense. Everybody uses gas. Gas is healthy. It's good. It's clean. It's simple. It's good, effective energy. When power goes out, that's how people keep warm. It makes sense to keep gas. Why are they turning it off? But if you study Cloward and Piven and Agenda 2030, you will then discover why they, why they are doing this. But it's also going in tandem why other areas around the world and around the country are passing similar bills and similar elements and doing similar things such as turning off the gas, disarming populations, passing unruly uh, unconstitutional acts such as Measure 114 stating that, you know, magazines are not a part of the weapon. They're an accessory and all this garbage that you're seeing because they are not working for us. They are not here to serve us. They are not here to preserve our rights. They are here to capture them and they are on a timeline and they're behind the timeline because of Trump. So I'm going off on a tangent, but what I'm saying is that this stuff is very important for you. It is now up to you as the individual to start getting involved. And one of the things that I always talk about on getting involved is becoming a PCP in your local county. What is a PCP? That's somebody that's able to participate in local politics with things that your local party, the Republican Party and or the Democratic Party, uh, things that you're doing and have a say. And you're able to vote and make decisions and be a part of the process. And that's the introduction into the system in which we can unwind it. And if we be become non-compliant in going along with this nonsense, which is very easy to do to get in to get involved, just simply say no and ask normal, logical questions, which that in itself is becoming banned. And they're now going to start targeting you, which is fine. We expect them to please do. Okay. But anyways, I just want you to understand as we go in and deeper into this, where the system doesn't want you to do is start thinking for yourself. And that's the key is we want to start thinking for ourselves. Even if you don't agree with me, that's fine even if you don't agree with me, but if you're able to come up with your own conclusions and show me and or tell me how you come up with that, well, you know, I, I agree with people I don't agree with. Does that make sense, Don? 
actually it does. Yeah, because I mean, you can. Because you, you can. There's more than one way to skin a cat. You have to have a defensible position. Is what you're asking exactly. somebody. Go out Thank and you. get your facts and make sure you have a de- defensible position for what it is you think or the, or you believe. Um, I mean, the feelings is something that we have to, at some point, set aside. If you're a nine-year-old child, I would really care about your feelings, but you're not. You're a grown grown man or a grown woman, and I don't really care so much about, well, I just feel like, I, look, it's time for facts. There's no time for middle ground. We have to be real. We have to be honest with ourselves. Set the feelings aside. I know it sounds a little harsh, but you got to set those feelings aside and deal with the facts and reality on the ground. You know, this is a, a critical juncture in American history right now. There's very alarming circumstances surrounding us and impending danger, right? Sure. But, the, so, but, but therein lies the better question. It's what is it going to take to get the majority of people to get off the couch and start getting involved and start understanding the threat that we're really up against? You know, is it going to take... What is, what, where's, where, what's going to be the catalyst that's going to allow it to happen? No, I, don't, don't get me wrong. It is happening. People are waking up, which is great. It's good to see. But at what point is are things going to have to get to? Are people going to have to be sitting in their house with no power and no water, no internet, no sense of anything, no job, nothing? Or like up that, like in California, where they, you know, does it going to take them taking your children away because you won't confirm their, uh, you know, their gender reassignment? Uh, ideals. Yeah. Right. I mean, literally that's, that's a law passed in California that if a parent does not, uh, agree to, uh, gender reassignment or to the, even to the philosophy of it, that the state can come and take your children from you. Yeah. You know, so it, it, at and so what point, is that, but what is that really about? Is that really protecting your children? No. Again, it's about pedophilia and kidnapping your kids and putting a wedge between the families and the state to not allow parents to be parents. To not give parents jurisdiction over their kids. That's what that's about because they want to induct them into this weird culture that's sexualizing five-year-olds and getting them to start thinking about their sex and question their sex and everything else. That's the whole point of all of this is they want your kids. They want your kids because they're not trying to protect your kids. Look at Child Protective Services. Child Protective Services, kids are 10 times more likely to face uh, physical abuse or sexual abuse. They're not protecting your kids. They're not there to protect your kids. So many kids get pushed through the cracks. More importantly, there are so many kids, unaccompanied minors, being escorted across the border right now, today. Don't tell me it's about the kids. They don't care about the kids. They care about sexualizing them and getting them off of the family nucleus to where they're lost, they're deserted, they're easily manipulated, and then they can create their new dysfunctional euphoria that they're trying to roll out into this future. So they're going to have some kid that doesn't even know what planet they're on, and that's prime pickings for misguiding them and leading them into astray. You know, at some point here, not at some point, it is the duty of every American to defend their life, their liberty, their property, their family, right? And and to protect it from this lawlessness that's going on in our country right now. We're seeing it right here locally, right? We're seeing it within our counties, within what's happening at the Marble Nut House in Salem. But go on out to the federal government, right? At some point, we have to save this country from perdition. Well, and that's it. It really just comes down to each, the individual itself, to get off their butt and understand this is the time. 
This is the time you've read about in history books. If you want to go back to World War II and think, well, what if, what could my life have been? What would I have done if the Nazis were taken over? If I was in occupied Germany, how would I have behaved? Right now is the time to regrasp that concept and understand you are living in that moment. In fact, it is 10 times worse than what it was then. So now is the time for you to test your grit, test your ability to understand what's going on and make those decisions. Be that rock for even if it's for five people around you, even if it's for one person around you. That's seeking guidance and you're able to be a rock and be a standing against this system. That is how we take things back. And I, and I can't stress it enough because that is the only, I could talk about, we could talk about all this news, all this stuff going on and all this chaos and what it means and dissect it and go everything else. But the most important message that you can get from this is the fact that only you as the individual listening to the show today, only you can help change the world. That's it. Unless we're able to do that, nothing's going to change. But we're seeing that with the Garth Brooks thing, the Bud Light, Target, Starbucks, all this rejection of the pride, nonsense, garbage, tranny fluid crap that we're getting shoveled down our throats. We are rejecting it because the people are not having it. Simply, nonviolently, just acting with your dollar. Pay with your dollar. You go into a place, you don't like how they're acting, walk out. Who cares how good that milkshake is? Who cares how good that cheeseburger is? Who cares about all of that? The social contracts are being broken. And the way that we fight back is by doing things like that. When their sales go down 50%, they can't keep their doors open. That's good. That's good. Maybe they should think twice about shoveling this crap. Maybe they should re-engage with what the American system and what the American values are. And it's up to them to do that. And these corporations don't know how to do it. So, Don, what do you want to talk about today? I know we have a special guest senator coming on yeah. on the fourth hour or fourth. Yeah, in the fourth segment. It? I don't know. Just it's stuck in your head, man. It's just there. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just can't. I, you know, I want to get into a little bit of history a little bit because you went back to World War One, World War Two a minute ago talking about stuff. And uh I'm thinking back even further, you know, back in the early, you know, mid 1700s, 1765, 1775, uh, you and I were joking before uh, we started about some of this stuff. But I actually have an interesting story that I think we'll, we'll, uh, we can bring home, but I don't quite have time in this segment. But when we come back, I would like to talk about this gentleman, Isaac Davis. Okay. And yeah. Let, let's jump into that. Let's talk about this, folks. But we can win this thing. We can win this, and we are so close, and they're just ready, getting ready to close the hatch to try to lock us in this AI cyborg oblivion. But we can fight back. You're listening to Joshua Michael, Noncompliant America, noncompliantamerica.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. Will this be the end of our civilization, or will the public wake up and reassert their will as American citizens on this planet? It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> is this the end of the world, or is this the end of an age? Right? We could talk about 
you know, the transference of futures. Is this the end of civilization? As we know it, maybe, yes. But fortunately, I think we're transferring into a more awake population and we're going to be experiencing a new golden era. And we are at the very beginning stages of it. And it's going to take some time. You know, if you read the history books, you go through chapters and you're like, oh, yeah, during this time, this happened. And during the Great Depression, this happened. But understand, the Great Depression wasn't just like six pages long. It didn't last for six months. Right. Right. It lasted for years. And the recoil, recoil of that and different things and then going into the world, world wars and different things that kind of ex accelerated. It was a couple decades worth of time that is crammed into a chapter. So understand this is all a process. You know, I'm sorry, when we go into, uh, you know, we look at history, we need to go back to the founding of, uh, of the United States, mm-hmm. uh, right? We, we know all about Hamilton and Washington and all these big names. And I think that what I was talking about before the break uh, on the last segment was, trying to bring it back to uh, you know a, a local level but also you know as you do a great job doing is 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 making sure that we understand what we're doing at the local level is is because of what's happening at this global of putting it into perspective this is, here's how we make this change yep. so we look back um, there's a story that I was I was reading it's about a, a gentleman named Isaac Davis in ni- in uh, 1775 and what happened was you, you, there's a lot of patriots Right, these people were actually called insurgents at the time, and they become patriots in, in our history. But but they were insurgents at the time, and as uh, as things were building to the Boston Tea Party, right, and and those types of things that we know these big events. What was happening all around the country is that the people were actually expelling the British. Uh, monarchy and their soldiers and their uh, their judges and so forth out of their out of the townships so they were pushing them out pushing them out and they were pretty much uh, isolated to Boston and there they began to build the people began to build militias and what they realized that that uh, what we increasingly realized that they couldn't affect the change that they wanted through simply having discourse political discourse and and that's the feeling that i think a lot of us can relate to this political discourse is getting us nowhere right now i mean here we have our senators we were talking about that come out tell us they're going to stand strong the republican senators and we're going to stop these things and we're going to be here and, and you know you know stand with us and we do all that and they turn around and stab us not in the back they look us straight in the eyeballs and they pull the trigger yep right so this is happening in 1775 these small groups are they're building in all these townships and there was uh, a time when the British were going to uh, come on. Uh, they were going. To, there was word that they were coming to uh, take Concord, Massachusetts, and so the townships around there, including the town of Acton, got their group together, their militia together, who and they all marched on Concord. They started Acton. They did. <laughs> oh, brother! And Isaac Davis was kind of had become the leader of that particular group, and he was a highly respected man. And uh, he actually had a gun range in his backyard to help the the, the Minutemen uh, prepare and learn marksmanship and so forth. And they went up to battle and they come to Concord and they see a lot of smoke and fire. And what they realize is the British have uh, just begun discriminately just murdering everybody in the town and setting the town on fire. And so everybody's because these groups come from different towns together. Nobody knows who's actually in charge of all of them. Right. Mm -hmm. So Isaac Davis pulls his sword out and says, I don't have a man here who's afraid to die and they begin to charge and the first volley comes from the british and he takes a shot right in the chest 
Wow. Done. Right. But here is an ordinary man, if you will. Right. These people in these small towns getting together and saying, we are not going to comply. We are not going to take this. And it's unfortunate that it came to that violence, right? That it became that that was the necessary step that it came to. And God forbid we should get there today. But the point being is they were willing to act and they were willing to lay down their life. Right. For the freedom that they held so dearly and to get away from the tyranny of the British. And what do we have now? How brave are you now? I'm not saying, again, let's stay away from the, the, the violence stuff for a minute, but my point is, what are you really willing to do and sacrifice? These people were, you know, they had livelihoods, they had farms, they had jobs to go to, they had families to raise. They, and They knew it was all on the line, but also the, the, the point that I like to draw out is everybody talking about, oh, we need to go do this, we need to go get violent and do this. The fact is, is if, if you're not even willing to speak out right now, I guarantee you, you are not going to be violent when it's time to get violent, if it is ever time, right? If, if you're not even willing to speak out and go up against the man or the system and just speak your mind and get involved and try to bring, you know, stability and reality back to these marble nuthouse psychopaths. You know what I call it, really? You're, I'm just going you, you to talk about speaking your mind. I'm going to speak my mind. You're not willing to go out there and fight for your children. You have, there's a school board going on. There's 40 people there and you've got 7,000 students in that, in that school district and you've got 40 parents to show up. You're not willing to show up for that. Yep. You, you are one of the five senators that decided to, to stab us or shoot us in the forehead and go back in and, and, and allow quorum. You know what you are? You're a coward. Okay. Just, and, and I'll look you in the face and tell you that, men, if you're not out there fighting for your children, and you're not out there fighting against this insanity that's going on from the liberal left, then you're a coward. It's that simple. Right. So, and you're just, you're just more willing to self-serve and just ride off into the sunset, stick your head in the sand, than it is to actually stand for something and draw a hard line. Keep in mind, a line that the majority of people want the majority of people do not want this garbage. They do not want this crap for a very, very, very slim, all 17 of them in Oregon. We don't need this crap in our system and people don't want it. But that, that brings me back to the same point. To what point is it going to be enough to get people off the couch and inoculated? And, and this is why I tie into like technology. This is why I talk about, you know, fluoride in the water and different things like that. All those play a part in demonstrating your complacency and forcing you into this suspended disbelief system to where you feel like you're engaged, you feel like you're doing something, when in the reality is, is you're sitting on your ass, not doing a damn thing, but you feel like you are, and that's the trap. That's the effects of technology and these chemicals that we're inducting into ourselves. We'll be right back. Don't talk, do. We're here uh, with Don Powers, kind of talking about restoring and then demonstrating noncompliance across our lives, how we do that and everything else. And nobody better um, than our special guest today, uh, Mr. Dennis Lithicum. He was able to take some time out of his Saturday to join us here uh, to talk about the walkouts, talk about different things, and talk about kind of the state of Oregon. Dennis, how are you today? And thank you very much for joining us. Up in your crib, wrap you in your polo sheets, six up in your wig, peace. 
nigga deceased. Why? May you rest in peace. Important. They're they're actually uh, it's it's historic but commonplace. Um, we we our founders warned us about all this stuff. They you know they that we have writings about how do you prevent abuse of power? Well, human nature is corrupt. You know, uh, one of the founders uh, in the constitutional era was saying. Look, Julius Caesar, Oliver Cromwell, the nobles of Venice, they were all natives and inhabitants of the very countries whose power they usurped and they drenched in blood. So at some point that now that sounds really serious, you know, like, oh, those guys were monsters. But um, we're we're in a place where, you know, our nation has been compared to a ship where we're all part owners and we're on this great adventure for liberty in America and, you know, standards that we'll never betray. And uh, again, the founders say, but the number of design shipwrecks, the runaways by combinations of masters, supercargos, part owners, is so great that nothing can equal them except for the instances where pretended patriots and politicians have raised themselves to power by destroying the freedom and the laws they were chosen to defend. And you can't get any clearer language than that. And that is what we face today. Um, we, I believed in our message. I still believe in our message. I still believe that the walkout was a good thing. And I would love people to uh, continue to stay on board with this concept of noncompliance or um, offering alternatives to the status quo. Well, and that's just it. it, it it's, it's demonstrating the power of a minority group and the power that they can have to to hold up and essentially uh, restore, you know, freedom and restore hope back in our society. I think I think the society is just now learning how to walk with what noncompliance actually means and what demonstrating being uh, a free person and demonstrating your liberties mean. You know, such as the Bud Light ban, the Target backtracking with all the pride nonsense. Starbucks is now revoking it. I know Garth Brooks was trying to do uh, his big grand opening with uh, Bud Light as its forefront, and he totally canceled it. And because the people are now starting to walk with that non-compliant mindset, understanding that there's nobody there that's going to save us. There's nobody there. It's up to us as individuals to start acting as such within our own lives. And so uh, I, I commend you for that. And I absolutely agree with you. This walkout was not a complete uh, crash and burn. I think it really gave a lot of hope and uh, it gave people a path for things that we can do in the future uh, on how to really fight these things. So- Thank you. Yeah, uh, and and this this is uh, you know we talk a lot about uh, individualism and but uh, e even individualism needs to have boundaries. You know, if you think of it, liberty is your own little red wagon. You know, you're going down the street and it. it it, it needs its own sideboards um, because otherwise, you, you know, my, 
my kids were always running their wagon down this steep hill where we used to live. And it's like, you guys, what are you doing? And it's always a crash and burn at the bottom there. It wasn't a straightaway. It was a turn. It's 90 degrees. Help, you know. <laughs> and um, but they 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 loved going at it. They loved scaring the bejeebers out of me and and Diane. And um, and yet there, there always has to be some sideboards, some corners, some constraints, some organization to our liberty. We don't approach light signals with absolute liberty. We stop at stop signs because of the greater good for being organized. And, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we have logic, we've got reason, we've got natural law, we've got biology, we've got all of the norms, the historic norms, the religious tradition, Judeo-Christian, Muslim traditions that value men and women and their relationships and their families as a primal concern. And these family values um, are getting violated at, at every level of what we see. And so to exercise that that as you called it earlier, you said our own individualism, our own consciousness, our own understanding of our social sciences, our behavioral sciences, these things. This is ultimately where everybody is being placed. You're be going to get placed into the frying pan if you aren't the guy um, managing your own life. So why in the world would anybody elect uh, somebody and surrender their life to this guy for two years or four years or eight years or whatever. Why would we in the state of Oregon forget the federal level for a, a minute? Why would we in the state of Oregon say, we'll let these guys design behavioral health, public health, education, medical care, um, and 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 you know the labor and and Bureau of Labor and Commission and all of this stuff. Why why are we allowing them to run my little business where we're trying to flip burgers and make a day of it? You know, it's um, so it. It's Dennis, it's interesting you, you you say that because we look at uh, a lot of people tend to think that their obligation stops because you know at the at the ballot box, right? Or at the mail-in. Right. Or they ballot. send, or they send their so, letter. They send the, they yep. send their and text I, messages there. And I did my part, right? I, I, I voted and, you know, of course we have a representative style of government. That's a form of government that with it we have. So if people think, okay, I elect these people. I can just ignore everything that's going on. And your obligation, especially in these perilous times, doesn't stop at when you fill out a couple of bubbles, you have to stay involved and pay attention to what's going on. We were talking about this in another segment, how, you know, I show up at a school board, there's 40 people there right that's it you got seven thousand kids in the school district things like that other other events and stuff that go on people just they're not getting involved and paying attention to what's going on and if they don't if they don't seize the power of their own sovereignty and start caring about what's happening around them and getting involved in the government and what they're doing you know you can't like you said you can't just you, you know let go of the reins and say okay go right and, and and i think it has a lot to do with you know domestication and people just having it too good for too long uh, technology 
uh, plays a huge part in it. I think it it really gives uh, people a false sense of uh, security as well as just the dopamine and the fulfillment that they get. They're getting from technology. I think, uh, you know, some of the chemicals that people are in, engulfing is kind of uh, softening their uh, approach to life and just they just become slugs and sloths. And, you know, there's 20, 30% of people that are on SSR medications and antidepressants and different things like that, because uh, life is hard, it's challenging, and they're told that it's hard and challenging. And it's, it's okay to be a victim. And it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. So a lot of these things are happening to people. And they're just being bombarded through these technologies and through different systems, that's completely domesticating them from not wanting to get involved to the degree that they can and or they're just not allowing themselves to have the confidence or try or even want to try to get involved. And so that's kind of the domestication that we're seeing a lot with the population. So when it comes to getting involved or giving control to everybody, they're being taught from birth from these government agencies to listen to the people in charge, listen to these people, don't talk back, don't listen, don't ask questions, just do what we say, listen to these history books, do what they say, this is the facts, this is the reality, just accept it, sit down, shut up, go get your job, go flip your burgers, get a good job, be a good member of society, don't talk back, don't ask questions. All of these elements are being inducted into these populations for ge- for de- for generations now. So we're now starting to see that kind of ferment with these Gen Zers uh, coming up and growing up into this world. They've kind of demonstrated this complacency and they've almost given up in a sense. But I, I think there's a lot to kind of unpack there, but that plays a huge part in why we're seeing what we're seeing. And there's only 40 people showing up at these school boards because they, they've almost given up in their mind. And so it, it's simple just to unlock that in their mind to say, it's not simple. It's, it's, or it's not hard. It's simple. All they have to do is just engage. All they have to do is just get involved and start asking questions and they don't have to do everything at once. So, uh, but Dennis, you've been such a huge advocate. You're such a breath of fresh air. It's so good to talk to you uh, in the Senate. We just have about a minute left, but any, what else would you like to, uh, to express to the public before we go into this break? What can people do? How can they support you? How can they support this movement that's going on? What do you, what's your suggestions? Yeah, well, individual involvement and diligence, sticking with it. You you know, when we talk about the 40 people at the school board meeting, there's 120, 250 people at the football game. So there's this priority. And what the reason they go to the football game is because they care about their kids. And the reason they should go school board is because by golly they care about their kids and we need individuals to recognize how important both of these things are if you're going to support your kids there you got to support them over here because these run in the ship and that's why we need people to stick with it get involved and be diligent absolutely we're listening talking to dennis with come we will be right back it's rude to be bragging they never catching a slack me and my buddy we working hard for this money all right welcome back folks and we just want to get a little bit of backstory we're talking about the walkout uh kind of what happened and and everybody's wondering right now we had we had we had the democrats right where we wanted them they they weren't able to establish quorum 
they weren't able to get these bills to pass through. Dennis, could you give us a little backstory with what happened, what led up to what happened last week um, with them being able to pass through? And then what does that mean for these bills like 2002 that then now they were able to pass? Was there a modification to it? Kind of give us a little backstory that kind of led up to the middle of last week. Well, the, the, the backstory is, is really quite confusing. The, the walkout was the correct position. I believed in the walkout. I believe the story. I believe this is a fundamental um, belief system uh, where the, the conservative values, the Republican values, the caucus values that we started with were the appropriate values that we should bring to the public domain. Everybody should be talking about this. And, and there was some sort of change that occurred. And quite frankly, we, we don't know what, what the impetus was. We don't know what caused it. I believe a little bit is false polling and fear of the future fear that and of course we all have doubts about stances we take and and you know and it, movements we join and that's a good thing you always ought to second guess yourself you always wonder um you know about am i on the right track am i doing the right thing that questioning is good it's good for our state it's good for our party it's good for everybody serving in office and but what that does is it leads to um, weakness in terms of, oh, dear, what if I'm wrong? And everybody starts second guessing themselves. And so fear of the future became, oh, no, we're not going to win um, the, the, the next election. We're going to lose seats. We'll become more of a blue state. When you look at a map, uh, the state is entirely a sea of red, and there's a couple of blue islands of municipalities, Portland, Salem, Eugene, that are, you know, wild blue. And um, the rest of us are, you know, just living our lives and moving forward and thinking we've had enough with the state as it exists. And this this fear is overriding. It becomes, you know, uh, one of the twins of deceit. You know, first you get everybody afraid and then you usher them along. That's what happened with COVID. That's what happened with Trump and his supposed tyranny. And yet it's really a double standard because nobody can see the same tyranny coming from the Department of Justice that makes those 40 people that attended the school board meeting, domestic terrorists. Right. And so um, the dual, uh, the dual uh, vision or the dual mindedness, uh, it reminds me of a biblical phrase tossed in by the waves of the sea, double minded in all their ways. This is what we face. And what we need to do, therefore, is come down, bang, and lay out what we stand for, why we're standing here, and what we're demanding, and what the people actually want. They've got to get involved to express their views. Otherwise, we're just toast. And that's really it. So kind of shifting gears uh, on that, have you been following or or participating in any of that greater Idaho uh, movement. Is there any validity to that? 
Um, do you think that it has any future success of, you know, succeeding from Oregon? Do you think that's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I introduced the bill. Uh, I I was, you know, the author. I introduced the bill. Uh, I, I'm... I'm the chief sponsor of that bill. And I think it's a great conversation. Everybody ought to be wondering. I think this is a blight on uh, Governor Kotek's record. She's got all of these counties, 15, I believe, of Oregon's 36 counties who have affirmed their desire to move the border. Now, when you have, you know, for Pete's sakes, King George only had 13 colonies that were, you know, tossing and turning. Governor Brown has 15 counties. She's, you know, there are far more um, acres here in Oregon than there were in the original 13 colonies in terms of, you know, people who are politically mad as as uh, hell and want things change, want true representation, not false representation. Everybody should read the Declaration of Independence and um, and recognize all of the claims against the king are the exact same claims we can make against the current tyranny that we're living under. So these are important things. Your second half of your question is, is this realistic? It, it's a tough hoe, um, right? Um, both both states have to concur with this and Congress. But we've gotten so, we've gotten Idaho. I think the House of Representatives, Idaho, right? right? They are they are on board. They are all about it. They're very interested in having talks and conversations. Yeah, the, and that's the point. Look yes. at should we be having conversations? Shouldn't we consider the pros and the cons? Maybe it doesn't work out. That's sure. fine. It doesn't work out. But at least we should talk about maybe the vaccines don't work. We should have that discussion. Absolutely. Maybe the PCR test was completely fraudulent and criminal charges should be brought against uh, you know, Fauci and Walensky and the whole gang at the CDC. We ought to have that conversation. I've been for three years now trying to get a grand jury to provide criminal investigation. They, I'm not claiming that they're all guilty. I'm saying this is my allegation. These guys have defrauded the American public of billions of dollars and they've injected um, you know, experimental- Bioweapon. You know, yeah, and so- why, why in the world are we not having this conversation? I just had three friends this morning who are big into the uh, medical um, freedom movement get th- thrown off of Twitter. And now censorship is going to rain down. Censorship on us for talking about noncompliance will probably be hot on our heels. This is the time for everybody in the state of Oregon to stand up and be counted. Absolutely. And if you notice, the CDC just came out, I think it was last week or the week before, that you're 13,000 times more likely to have heart disease, myocarditis, and heart issues if you've taken the shot. So now the CDC is kind of confirming and reaffirming with what these medical people have been asking and, and demonstrating uh, for years, getting censored, deplatformed, delicensed, lied about, you know, all this disinformation that's going around about them. 
And so, yeah, demonstrating noncompliance is key. So, Dennis, we got just another minute or two. Uh, what would your message want to be uh, for the public? What, where can they support you? What else do you got going on? What's in the books? Now that we got, you know, the, the Democrats established quorum, what should we expect as the public and, and what can we do? Well, we uh, I would like to encourage the House to walk. The House should should kill 2002, even at a, as it exists, because what you just described with regard to the CDC now coming out, we know mask was false. We know social distancing was false. We know the mRNA has never been tested. We know all of these things. Those aren't conspiracies. The CDC is now confirming those. But how they um, put the constraints on the medical community is through their board certification and licensure, That's right. which happens at the national level and at the state level. HB 2002 keeps that lever in place so that boards, naturopathic board, dentistry board, pharmaceutical board, uh, medical provider board, all of these boards have to follow the legislative preferences of a bunch of guys sitting in on the Senate floor. So I would recommend everybody continue to ask the uh, Republican House members to walk to kill this bill. It is a horror. We will damage children. We will destroy families. And this is medical tyranny on the heels of taxpayer taxpayer funded medical tyranny there's the bottom line that's <laughs> right dennis well thank you very very much for joining us where can people go to follow you are you on twitter are you on facebook or how do people follow you yeah i i am i'm on uh, fa facebook and twitter um i'm i need help in figuring out how to uh create a voice in those arenas and so um you can send an email to me at uh, dennis at electdennis.com. That's my website. Uh, get on my email list. Just put subscribe in the subject line, dennis at electdennis.com. You'll start getting my newsletters, which I think uh, Don can attest to are usually quite robust. And I'm hitting on this idea of liberty all the time. And I think it's really one of our big, uh, one of the big Absolutely. Thanks, Dennis. Have a wonderful Saturday. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Dennis. Appreciate you so very much.